0: This was the natural evolution next next step, if you will. first step was creating the United Airlines Ventures Group, a dedicated team looking at early stage startups and and technology and feedstock companies. And now it's uh, because we're being pushed um, and encouraged by our partners to allow them to have a more direct role and participation in the work that we're doing.
1: Hello and welcome to the Global Venturing Review Podcast. I'm Fernando Moncada. Air travel is a notoriously hard to decarbonize sector. Next to heavy industry, aviation is the poster child, in fact, for widespread carbon emissions all over the world. Now, for United Airlines, some 98% of company-wide emissions comes from jet fuel, presenting a huge but easily identifiable problem. The airline's venturing arm, United Airlines Ventures, has already been investing heavily in sustainable aviation fuel, or SAF for short, and has now launched a new fund focused on exactly that. Currently capitalized to the tune of $100 million, the new fund is called the United Airlines Ventures Sustainable Flight Fund and counts on some corporate heavy hitters including Air Canada, Boeing, JPMorgan Chase, Honeywell, and GE as new external limited partners. Andrew Chang, head of United Airlines Ventures, joined Global Venturing Review to talk about the new fund, what it's like to go from a single LP to multiple LPs, and how sustainable aviation fuel has the potential to deeply impact the aviation industry. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe to the Global Venturing Review. And above all, enjoy the show. Andrew, it's uh, great to speak to you again. Thanks for coming on the show. How's it going? How was your How was your uh, Well, I mean, we're in February now, but last time we spoke was right before Christmas. So, how, how are the holidays?
0: The holidays are great, Fernando. Thank you for inviting me uh, to join you today. I had a very busy holiday, working through what we are announcing pretty soon on a milestone for for our venture capital group.
1: That's right. No, I've been I've been looking forward to speaking to you, obviously, to talk about. UAV and the wider aviation space, but obviously you have some, you have some news to share with us today. So do you want to, do you want to enlighten us a bit as to, as to what that is?
0: Yeah. And thank you Fernando. We, we've previewed a little bit of the concept with you, but you know, we're, we're able to finally formally announce, you know, the next stage or evolution of United airlines ventures, if you will, Uh, as, as a quick reminder, we were established about 19 months ago as a wholly owned corporate venture capital fund within United airlines. And we've really developed a knowledge base in-house around the three principal investment areas and in particular around sustainable aviation fuel, which is how we expect to decarbonize the airline. And with the encouragement and interest and push of many of our stakeholders, corporate customers and partners, we are now announcing that we are launching a sustainable flight fund, United Airlines Ventures sustainable flight fund. That will be taking LP Capital, third-party LP Capital, to invest alongside United Airlines. So we're happy to announce that our, our launch uh, will include Air Canada, Boeing, GE, Chase, and Honeywell as part of our launch investors, with more than 100 million in this dedicated uh, sustainable flight fund to pursue tech, uh, technology, and feedstock investments.
1: No that 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 that's really really cool and you know from last time we spoke one of the most remarkable pieces of information that 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 you gave me is that you know for and I, I don't know I'm guessing it's it's typical for any airline but you said that uh, something like 98% of your emissions were from from jet fuel which I mean obviously makes perfect sense for an airline but it's still you know a jarring number to to kind of throw in there and and this this is I suppose the the solution right or well, part of the solution Getting, getting that jet fuel to be sustainable.
0: That's right, Fernando. For us as an airline, identifying the problem is a- actually fairly straightforward. As you said, 98% of our greenhouse gas emissions is produced from the consumption of jet fuel. And so for us to hit our long-term 2050 net carbon zero targets, as well as our interim 2035 targets of lowering our carbon intensity, It is going to be uh, the single most impactful way for us to decarbonize is to look for alternative fuel solutions that are derived from non fossil based feedstocks. You know, we've had various discussions around, you know, different sources of energy and power. It is ultimately an energy problem, but there is nothing that has the energy density of liquid hydrocarbons. And so when you think about our medium to long haul flights, it'll need to be fueled by from where we stand by, by liquid hydrocarbons. And so a big component of UAV, one of the three investment verticals is around sustainability or sustainable aviation fuel. And that is what we focus on is looking at alternative feedstocks, technologies, chemical pathways that are available or could be available as building blocks to directly or indirectly support the production and commercialization of the sustainable aviation fuel.
1: And I have, I have loads more I want to ask you about the fund itself. But first, we usually start the show kind of just asking about, about you and, and a bit about your background and how, kind of how you managed to navigate to, to, to where you are today. So you, do you want to give us a bit of, bit of history on, on, on Andrew?
0: Absolutely. You know, I feel very, very fortunate to be in the role that I am with United Airlines. I'm a native Houstonian, born and raised in the energy capital, if you will, I spent my first 19 years in my professional career on the investment banking side uh, with strategic advisory boutique uh, Lazard principally for about 15 years, and then later with Intrepid for for about two years, focusing on the energy transition. And so being Houston-based, my clients were both the airline sector and the oil and gas sector. And so I I developed a network and knowledge base uh, within transportation and within oil and gas. And like many bankers and advisors in the last two or three years, as we saw the energy transition and, and the ESG push and more of the focus around sustainability by society, by stakeholders, by the community, I liked to move to the corporate side, away from the advisory side, to be closer to the decision-making process, right? Being closer to making an impact, making the key decisions on how to pursue that transition period and thinking about where my landing spots could be you know united airlines is really the the one and only perfect spot right sustainable aviation fuel and decarbonization is an energy problem so i'm i'm able to lean on the energy knowledge base that i developed coupling that with with the airline knowledge you know the airline world has has specific benchmarks unique costs uh, different dynamics challenges right every Five to 10 years, there's a macro driven stress to the business. And so how to weather those storms while thinking about something like transition and decarbonization and, and how to navigate all of that. So taking those nearly two decades of, 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 of experience and being able to come to United and play an active and leading role, both within the company and externally across the industry. Was critical, and I'm having a lot of fun
1: doing it. Great, no, and, and now I guess the, uh, the the that energy kind of thread is 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 continuing quite strongly. Remind me again the, the name of the new fund. Is it the is it the uh, sustainable flight fund? Is it?
0: That, that's right. It's it'll be called the uh, United Airlines Ventures Sustainable Flight
1: Fund. Sustainable flight fund, and you've and you've got some some pretty heavy hitters on the uh, on the LP list there. How did you? Well, first of all, how did The idea for the fund come along, right? Because you guys already, I think a good a good chunk of your portfolio was already kind of SAF type investment, sustainable aviation fuels. So now, was the idea to kind of you know roll them over into its own vehicle and get external piece from the beginning? What was the genesis there?
0: Yeah, it's it 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 continues to be an evolution and growth, right, of what we what we're doing. I'll start out with look, we we have developed a very technical and knowledgeable and experienced team within United. In addition to being a B2C business, a global brand, and being very assertive and aggressive and ambitious in our decarbonization goals, we built an in-house knowledge base. And so we see a number of opportunities uh, and we have a fairly robust pipeline in evaluating some of these feedstocks and technologies. And what we found is many of our partners, whether they be corporate customers, stakeholders and other affiliates of, with, with United's business are actively interested and in desire to, to, to pursue some of these investment opportunities alongside with us, right? And so this was the natural evolution, next, next step, if you will. First step was creating the United Airlines Ventures group, dedicated team, looking at early stage startups and, and technology and feedstock companies And now it's because we're being pushed um, and encouraged by our partners to allow them have a more direct role and participation in the work that we're doing. And so this is really an extension from the venture capital side of allowing first right, our our anchor investors. and, And as we're launching this, we're looking to expand and grow the LP investor base. But if you think about Boeing, Honeywell, GE, Chase, right, these are other sectors that aren't aren't airlines right and so a fundamental approach to uav has always been it takes a coalition it takes a syndicate to work together and collaborate it is on all of us to lend our experience and knowledge and in infrastructure and so this is a way to expand that that infrastructure access to these startup companies right so you're not limited to just the businesses of An airline, you now have access to OEM manufacturing, right? Other technology, other technology and R and D know how financial services, right? So our investors are representing across multiple sectors who will all appreciate that decarbonizing aviation as an industry is is going to be very challenging. And and we all have a role and responsibility to play in that.
1: That's interesting. So, so. To what extent? Obviously, you guys are managing it, but to what extent do you look at the fund as like a as like an industry fund almost, right?
0: It is an industry participation, right, That's exactly right. So UAV will be an investment manager, but you know our LP investors will be cross sector. There will be co investment opportunities, right? That's one of the biggest components of this partnership and collaboration is that our LP investors will have more direct, more consistent access to the pipeline of opportunities we're evaluating in a way, you know, leverage the infrastructure that United Airlines has developed in, in, in looking at these investment uh, opportunities. And they can decide to pers- participate not only through the Sustainable Flight Fund, but to the extent they like a particular idea, they can put even more capital directly from a co-investment basis into these companies.
1: Mm-hmm. And you know, from, from a from an investment point of view, obviously the, the focus of the new fund will be on on sustainable aviation fuel. But in terms of the 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 companies you're you're going after, are they you know similar in an investment strategy sense to, to what you've been doing up till now to the SAF companies you've invested with up till now?
0: Yeah, that's a great point, Fernando. So it's important to to say the fund will be doing exactly the same has the exact same mission that United Airlines Ventures was pursuing from a sustainable aviation fuel, right? Um, there's not going to be any sort of conflict or competition. All investments made by United Airlines that are related to SAF that are within the scope uh, from a structure and strategic alignment perspective will be conducted through this fund with UAV as investment manager. The mandate has always and will continue to be, right, looking for feedstocks, technologies, chemical pathways, any kind of building block that can directly or indirectly lead to sustainable aviation fuel, right? And so we've spoken in the past, right, from a feedstock perspective. Fatal wells and greases are known feedstock today. It's sort of the only technology that, that works. So are there ways to grow that feedstock, as an example, right? Because we know it's limited in nature. It is not nearly enough to satisfy the 90 plus billion gallons of global aviation fuel demand that we saw in 2019 as an example. So are there other feedstocks that could expand potential FOGS availability? Are there other feedstocks like CO2 in a power to liquids context, where if you take the CO2, green hydrogen, or renewable power, that could be a means to produce liquid hydrocarbons. There was also alcohol to jet, right? United recently, formed a JV with uh, tall grass and green plains in a vehicle to study a particular alcohol to jet technology that we're, we're fairly bullish about that will convert ethanol, which is rather abundant here in the U.S., to be able to transform that to usable jet fuel at the end. So all of these different technologies and feedstocks are all within scope of, of what we intend to continue to do with, with, with the farm.
1: Yeah, you guys are pretty bullish on like the the circular economy as well, right? Because you guys have a lot of kind of waste to fuel companies in the portfolio as well as like organic material to fuel in in the portfolio. That's right. There's
0: municipal solid waste as part of the portfolio. There's there's woody biomass, right? Ag waste uh, as a component. And like we're feedstock constrained, right? Today we are feedstock constrained. And so a fundamental premise is... Are there ways to expand and look and create and source new new potential feedstocks to be able to convert to sustainable aviation fuel?
1: And are you guys rolling over those portfolio companies into the new fund?
0: We are. We are. Uh, you know, it was uh, a lot of discussions with our anchor investors, and they were absolutely excited about being able to have a more direct role. And one of the guidance or feedback we received from them was, Gosh, you've already been making an impact. You've made very selective bets, if you will, in, in, in support of certain of these companies, some Vita, Dimensional, Next Renewables, as an, as examples. Why not include them or, or transfer them to the fund so that you know, the investors have the benefit of, of the work that we've been doing thus far? So, Fernando, exact, that's exactly right. We do intend to transfer some of the investments we've already made into the fund at the request of our
1: RLPS, Yeah. Does that include a, a, you know, a portfolio company like Zeroavia, which obviously you can say hydrogen's a feed, feedstock, but they also do the hydrogen power trains, right? Does that include them?
0: So it does not. So aerospace and technology are the other two investment verticals within United Airlines Ventures. Those will remain as they are, status quo, continue to be owned and led and controlled by United Airlines' broader parent and the management team we have in place to oversee those. What the fund is carving out is really specific to sustainable aviation fuel. Anything else that touches sort of aerospace, EV tolls, battery storage, right, hydrogen fuel cells with respect to powering a plane uh, in Zirada's in, in, in case, those will remain with, with United Airlines Ventures.
1: And as you, you mentioned, you know, potentially going forward, looking for more LPs to, to come on board is, is how's the fund structured? Is it uh, uh, you know a set life term a life term or is it like an evergreen structure?
0: Yeah, it's a it's a GPLP structure. So with this launch, we will uh, now go on the road and would love to meet with interested parties and expand the potential availability of capital. It'll be probably a at, at least a three to four month process, at most a twelve month process. So that's the window we're looking at in terms of entertaining and and welcoming other LP investors into the fund.
1: So from from an from an investment manager's point of view, right? How how does having external LPs change your approach relative to just having like you know the, the main the main GP commitment from from United?
0: Right. I think what what is really fundamental is that you're, you know, if you're a portfolio company, right, or if you're an investment opportunity, you're now not only tapping into United Airlines network, right? You're now tapping into a much, much broader network, right? A like GE, Honeywell, Chase, Boeing, Air Canada, those five, just to start out with, as an example, they each have differentiated components to their own network and infrastructure, right, and knowledge base. There's a reason why our credit card partner is is with Chase, right? Our low, you know our, our mileage plus credit card is with Chase. Honeywell is a close partner and a co-investor with, alongside us in some of our investments. They have eco fining knowledge, right? They have alpha alpha jet knowledge, and so they've got that technology there. And so not only do you access the United Airlines ecosystem, but now you're accessing the broader ecosystem that RLP partners bring alongside. So that's the strategic component. And then there's also the financial component. We are now able to play and deploy larger capital quantities, right? Whereas mm-hmm. when it was just United Airlines, perhaps we're looking at, you know, one to 15, one to $1 to $20 million size, bite size opportunities with this type of scale, and amplification by our LP partners, we're probably now looking at five to 10 million on the lower side up to 25 million on the, on the larger side. So we're able to deploy more capital, both financially and strategically, in the investments that we make now.
1: What did those initial conversations look like with those LPs, right? So if you look at you know, Air Canada, it's another airline, they use jet fuel. You know, there's, there's a straight line there, but perhaps there's a bit more of a sleekly line with with. With the financial institution, you know, with with Chase, what's you know what 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 was their angle here?
0: So there's a couple that come to mind there. Number one, you know, I have to go back to the core basis of the fund, right, which is decarbonizing aviation, decarbonizing us as an airline, looking for sustainable aviation fuel. It is a hard debate industry, and All of our lives, right? Professional and personal are touched by aviation. So it's a recognition by these various industry groups and sectors that we all have a role to play to support aviation. I mean, the second, maybe more tangible component is they also have their own decarbonization goals. And when you think about their partnership and their business travel on United Airlines, there are missions tied to that. And so they recognize There's a very direct role in that regard to decarbonizing their own businesses. And right. so part of another component of the fund is to the extent that there are environmental attributes associated with sustainable aviation offtake tied to our investments, there's there's an opportunity for them to to benefit from that.
1: Did you have to do any convincing internally to, you know, to, to get management to agree to to bring on external LPs on, or was that kind of easy?
0: Not, not a lot of convincing, yeah. right? It's, It's a this is a natural evolution, if you will, right? Not only for the venture capital side, but we also have an EcoSkies alliance, right? That we we have with many of our corporate customers, where the the reality, the, the harsh reality is today there is a green premium that exists, right? Sustainable aviation fuel does cost more than conventional jet. We as an airline sensitive to our our cost structure cannot bear that cost, but we do have very important thoughtful corporate customers and strategic partners who are willing to pay that premium today in their interim, right? Temporarily, but, you know, they are aligned with us, right? Long-term, there should not, there cannot be a green premium. There needs to be price parity. And so we often compare this to, you know, the, do you teach someone to fish or do you, do you give them fish? You can spend that dollar today and pay the premium and, and have staff today and you're decarbonized great, but that in of itself is, is, isn't sustainable. So can you instead take that dollar and make a, make a long-term investment in a potential technology or, or, or feedstock where in the long-term you have an opportunity to scale up production, scale down unit costs in a way where you do achieve price parity, and that is then sustainable long-term.
1: Yeah, and and it also seems to me, and, and tell me if I'm totally off the mark here, but if you look at technology in the aviation space, right, a lot of it's characterized by pretty long development cycles, generally speaking, right. Especially if you're looking at something hardware related. Looking at your portfolio, for example, you know, a company like Heart, for example, right. If, if you look at their website, they said they're they're building like an electric regional aircraft, but that, that's scheduled for entry into service in 2028, right. So still little bit of ways, whereas something like SAF might have a shorter horizon, maybe providing a bit of a quicker win, as it were. Um, obviously, both, both sound just one, one a bit longer horizon than the other. Is that, is that a benefit of, of, of spinning out SAF stuff into another fund?
0: Well, I, I'd argue that SAF has near-term and long-term expectations and challenges, right? So for us, it's a portfolio approach. We need to look at the timeline, both near-term, medium-term, and, and long-term, right? So that's that's really how we split it up. I alluded to it earlier, you know, any SAF produced today is really derived from fat oils and greases. There's only a finite single-digit, you know, billions of gallons available. That is far and away not enough versus the 90-plus billion for global demand, right? And so, look, for a near-term approach, if we're looking for SAF, we do need to look at that component. And we need to look at how do you pursue other fats, oils and greases feedstock availability? How do you grow that, that, that pie, if you will? That's the near term. That's our strategy in the near term is to look at those opportunities. In the medium term, what I'll call maybe four to eight years out, we believe in the alcohol to jet component of what's available, right? There are 17 billion gallons of ethanol production today in the US. As land tra- transportation electrifies, what's going to happen to all that land fuel and methanol that's blended into it? We are raising our hand and saying, "Come, come, come! Look at aviation. That would go a long way, even if a component of that 15 to 17 billion gallons of production today is is, is pivoted towards aviation fuel." And we're looking at sort of, you know, as an example, the, uh, the federal government's SAF grant Challenge of 3 billion gallons by. By 2030, right? That would go a long way. so we we are fairly constructive and optimistic about alcohol jet, ethanol jet, as a pathway in the medium term. And then the long term, this is where we we're looking at you know 2030 and beyond, where there's a lot that needs to be done. But that's where power to liquids, e fuels, goes by a lot of different names. But if you have access to uh, CO2 through direct air capture or point source, right? And you feed that into green hydrogen and renewable power, cheap renewable power. Those three, each of themselves, are challenges to, to, to scale and commercialize. But once you do, you combine those three and, you, and, it, and it can result in, in a drop-in sustainable aviation fuel product. That's where we're targeting in the long term, in the sort of 8 to 10 plus year kind of time frame.
1: What's the life term of the fund?
0: The fund investment period is, is five years. So we're looking to deploy capital over, over five years and the, the total duration is, is expected to be 10 years.
1: 10 years, okay. From an airline's point of view, say if we, if we get that, um, say best case scenario, airlines transition to you know 100% SAF, what kind of emissions reduction are we looking at there compared to, compared to now, for example?
0: Yeah, so uh, 90, 90% of our emissions are tied to fuel. When you look at sustainability fuel and a component of the credits, also, right, in defining what is truly sustainable, at the very least, you know, we look at a, at a full life cycle basis in producing the fuel. At the very, very least, at the bottom end, it needs to be more than 50%. Uh, when we look at various feedstocks and top technologies, we, we are really targeting sort of a 70 to 85% full life cycle reduction in, in, in carbon emissions.
1: So, so it'd be at least. Fifty percent relative to, to to regular fuel in terms of emission reduction. What are the kind of well to the extent that, that that there are, you know, standardized milestones? So something like, for example, you know, ten years out we want to get, you know, fifty percent SAF across the board, something like that. What what do those goals look like at the minute, as things stand?
0: Yeah, I think I'd point you to our, our interim target of twenty thirty-five, right? So we're sort of twelve years away from that. We are looking to Decarbonize our business by lowering the carbon intensity, right? So the carbon emissions per unit flown by by 50 percent. And if you work through the the various formulas and math, what well, that really translates for us, as an illustrative example, is we're we're looking for on the order of you know, close to two billion gallons, you know, 1.9, 1.8, two billion gallons of fuel when you benchmark that against our 2019 consumption.
1: Right. And and what what are the kind of you, you mentioned, obviously, you're still pursuing a, a, a dual dual mandate, obviously, strategic and financial, just like the CBC would. Well, what do the kind of strategic KPIs look like in a, in a, like a multi, not just in a multi-LP fund, but one where the LPs are are, are so kind of varied in what they do?
0: Yeah, the, the strategic component ultimately ties back to the creation and production of a sustainable aviation fuel at scale in that period to conventional objective, right? That is, that is the end-all be-all sort of focus and objective. And so one way that that translates into you know, maybe a quantifiable metric is you know, we're looking at these investments and where appropriate and possible, we look at SAF offtake. So to the extent that it makes sense to implement a SAF offtake framework agreement like a lot of these technologies are, are early stage, right? You're just not quite sure how it fits in the ecosystem. At other times you are, you have some certainty, you have some line of sight into how it does fit. And so to the extent we can, we do look for uh, a commercial SAF offtake agreement and we frame it around potential delivery points. We frame it around potential costs. For us, It is it is focusing and targeting a, a parity to conventional jet a that is the exposure we have today and so that is the exposure we expect to continue to have, but it can't be more more than that right long term. And so most of our commercial agreements are structured around those two fundamental assumptions and then it's really rallying the knowledge base around United and now with our LP investors, how can we help you technology company produce fuel? and ultimately get it into WING. So it's leveraging other infrastructure, other distribution, other logistics, other supporting businesses that will track that fuel and the environmental attributes that will be associated with it. All of that plays a role. Uh, I think mean, United is a component of it, but now we can call upon our other industry partners in, in advancing and accelerating the execution of, of the business for, for, for these uh, Companies.
1: And and for the management team for the new vehicle, are you guys shifting over people from, from the existing team or are you bringing in some people from the outside as well?
0: That's right. We're doing, doing a bit of both, Fernando. So we already had a dedicated team focused on sustainable aviation fuel. So that team is essentially becoming the, the, the investment team for the a sustainable flight fund. And then we are looking to grow and expand the team, looking to add at least three more personnel to the team so that we have not only enhanced opportunity to source deals, but also begin to focus on portfolio company management and execution, right? Now that we have, as an example, four to five companies in the portfolio, how do we maintain a regular contact point with them to continue to support them from a strategic perspective, accelerate their execution so that they're not doing it on their own, and holding them and us accountable, right? And making sure the business execution is, 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 is on track.
1: Mm-hmm. And obviously they'll, they'll be working on one, what we've established as, uh, as, you know, problem number one in aviation. So getting, getting the fuel to a place where it's sustainable. What, where, where else, you know, zooming out a bit and looking at, at your kind of wider theater of activity, as it were. What, where else are you really excited about in terms of innovation in aviation right now?
0: Yeah, I think if, if I step back to the broader, broader airline business, look, I think the other, when we established United Airlines Venture, there was two, two goals, right? One was decarbonization. The second goal was enhancing the customer travel experience, right? So when you think about how much innovation there has or hasn't been in our sector over the last one or two decades, like it's been challenging, right? We've had different macro disruptions. It is a, challenging business given you know all the different things that need to go right to deliver you from point A to point B, right? And so we are now focused on a reliance of operations, but also thinking about you know going forward, how do we improve the customer travel experience, right? And so if you look at the aerospace and technology sides of our venture capital house, if you will, it is tied to that very piece. Within aerospace, it's easy tolls as an example how do we think about high urban density population areas, moving people to our hubs in a, in a more user-friendly interface and sustainably, right? And we are firm believers in, in e-calls we have two investments in Archer and EVE uh, penetrating that space and, and expecting that to be a good component of our customer experience and delivery of our product and service to, to our end consumers. Um, on the technology side, we were early investors and clear as yet another example, right? When you think about travel experience in the airports and being able to deliver an alternative through the security and using that you know, bio recognition and security recognition uh, on that side of the house. Other areas we're looking at is, is automation and robotics and efficiencies around certain components of our business. That's a good example where if you think about Safety and productivity of our personnel and moving baggage, as an example, there could be gains in, in safety and in efficiency and productivity if we employ sort of robotics, automation, AI, and that part of the business. And all of our customers always want to know exactly where their luggage is, right? Whether it made it on the plane, whether it didn't, where is it? No one likes to be separated from the luggage. So that is a key. Component of, the, of
1: that that part of the business, as an example. Yeah, no, certainly. I I had a I had an unfortunate experience myself traveling over over the holidays on a, on an, on another airline that I that I shall not name. Not yours, not your time, I'll say that. <laughs> um, I want to do a quick a quick, uh, a quick uh, rapid fire round just for the benefit of, of any founders that that may be listening and, and interested in uh, in attracting some investments. If I'm a founder looking to get in touch with you, Andrew, how how do I do that?
0: Yeah, so I would direct you to the United Airlines Ventures website. We have a great website there that talks about the portfolio of companies we already have. And there's a link in there to shoot us a correspondence to introduce to us as your company, who you are, what you're doing. You know, look, we, we are very broad and open in terms of our investment mandate from seed round to Series C, Series D, right? Later stage venture capital and growth capital. We are open to looking at all maturity phases of a company. We typically invest anywhere from 5 to $25 million per investment. And then there's follow-on capital thereafter that we, that we also think about. And so I would direct you to the website. And uh, happy, I'm happy to, personally to take, take calls and, and meetings as well.
1: Awesome. And if I manage to get into the room to, to pitch you, what, what do you want to hear from me? What, what do I need to show you? Yeah,
0: look, I think understanding where you play in the sustainable aviation fuel ecosystem, right? And it doesn't mean, and look, one of our investments, you know, if you look at our business plan, it doesn't mention aviation or sustainable aviation fuel, right? But what it is, it's it's a carbon capture technology, and that is absolutely a building block. So what we need to understand is what role does your business, does your technology play in Again, I'll say directly or indirectly advancing the production of sustainable aviation fuel. We all know that we ultimately need to arrive at a liquid hydrocarbon that is not derived from fossil fuel, fossil fossil feedstock. And so that, that's fairly open ended, right? So as long as that's not your starting point, if you are a building block in anywhere in that value chain where you can end up, with a liquid hydrocarbon that is sustainably derived and sourced we'd love to talk
1: about. and and conversely what uh, what red flags and pitfalls should founders avoid
0: so i i think it really comes down to what is your strategic vision and business model right what are you focused on it's a delicate balance you know there, you want to be focused enough to know exactly you're, you're, you're resource constrained, right? So you need to direct your resources appropriately to have enough of a targeted objective. At the same time, you can't be so narrow that you're missing out on opportunities, right? We love businesses where there's multiple use cases, right? There's multiple ways to win. Sustainable aviation fuel can be a component of a broader strategy, right? It doesn't need to be the only strategy that you're targeting. And so that's where we 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 find the most interest and in affinity, where right, you company A are a technology or 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 business where you're a building block to sustainable aviation fuel, but not only sustainable aviation fuel. Right. So as an investor, it checks our boxes from a financial and a risk perspective, right? Multiple ways to win. There's a lot of industries that, frankly, will decarbonize ahead of aviation. So to, to the extent that we have exposure to that, that's fantastic because we can enjoy that in our own journey to decarbonizing the airline. But certainly it needs to have a component to decarbonize aviation. So those are the companies that, that we're really excited about where it, 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 it has uh, exposure to both both avenues.
1: Yeah. And, and on the corporate side, what advice would you give? corporations writ large, not necessarily United itself, in terms of, of what they could perhaps do better or more of to, to support their CVCs and the wider kind of innovation community?
0: Yeah, we've been very fortunate to uh, really establish a structure and a protocol within the broader United Airlines to grant a level of independence, autonomy to our investment group Because this is a different business, right? If you think about a legacy airline, it is a different risk profile, right? Because legacy airline, you're super focused on safety, efficiency, cost, 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 right? Managing cost, maximizing revenue. It's all sort of very, very known, right? Risks. And you've got a machine in place that pursues that versus the inherent uncertainty and risk there is in developing Technologies that aren't yet scaled and commercialized, right? That's probably on the two opposite ends of the spectrum. And so we are fortunate that we have implemented appropriate structures and teams and approvals in place, uh, in, in many cases, pre approvals, right? So that we are enabled to move quickly to work with entrepreneurs, work, work with private individuals. Who are more more nimble, right? Quicker to act, entrepreneurial-driven, and collaborate with them on their timeline and, and, and consistent with their culture, versus a, a large public company. So for us, you know, it, we have found that it's a big driver of how we've been successful thus far, and would, would absolutely encourage others to take that same kind of balanced approach, and recognizing that you, you don't want too too much structure and process to get in the way being able to move quickly and support uh, some of these private companies and private, private, private individuals.
1: Great. And, and, and to wrap things up, uh, I suppose, you know, it, it's, it's, we're, we're in a new year, you're, you're armed with a new fund here. You know, what's, uh, what's next for UAV? What do the next two or three years look like? Or what do you hope they'll look like?
0: Well, we've gotten off to a great start with Venture Capital Group, and it's only going to be accelerated by, by this established fund now with, with third party lps so i am very excited to grow the team to uh, unlock additional resources specifically on a day to day basis but i'm also excited uh, i'm not sure if there are enough hours in the day to 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 sort of collaborate with our new 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 lp investors and partners and also bring them alongside with us in in meeting new companies new technologies right and and, and, and finding other feedstocks for what we need for, for, for staff. So it's a whole lot of happiness, incitement, a little bit of anxiety. Because, like I said, I'm not sure there's enough hours in the day, but we're all looking forward to it.
1: Well, best of luck finding those hours, Andrew. And on that note, best of luck with a new fund. You know, I, I really look forward to seeing what you guys do with it. Thanks a lot again for, for coming on the show today to talk about it. I really appreciate that.
0: Thank you, Fernando. Really appreciate our, our discussions uh, in the past, and look forward to continuing to update you as we we, we progress.
1: Absolutely, and and to the extent that uh, that you have any uh you know early uh early, early treats in terms of uh, in terms of getting through airports quicker, I'll uh, I'll, I'll be definitely receptive to those. <laughs> 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 All right, well, we'll have a good one and, and take care, Andrew. You too, take care. And that just about does it for this week's show. Be sure to catch GVR on any podcast platform of your choice, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or anywhere else. I have been Fernando Moncada. Our sound engineer is Mark Chatterley from Inner Production, whose great work you can check out at innerproduction.com. And our music is by Kevin McLeod and a Creative Commons license. We'll be back again real soon. Until then, have a good one.